Hello ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Behind the Brain podcast and today's guest is the legend Andrew Tracy. So something I really got from this guy in this episode was his passion for fitness and but also his passion to get people moving and this is something I really want people to understand that this whole saying of like exercise is for everyone, it truly is, it doesn't matter what you do, whether you go walking, whether you do a mobility warm up in the morning for whatever, or you go to the gym and you lift weights, you do powerlifting, bodybuilding, it doesn't matter, exercise is for everyone and this is something that me and Andrew touch on. Also one more thing, if you could share the episodes or the shows to people that you feel it might help slash benefit, then please do. And if you think it's a good show and you put it up on social media, that really does help me spread the word of the show. So without further ado, enjoy. And today's guest is Andrew Tracy, a keen fitness enthusiast. And he's also an editor for Men's Health. And he has conquered many young boys' dreams, not in that way, by actually appearing on the front cover of that magazine. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I was trying to think of all the young boys' dreams I've conquered then, and see where you see where you were going with it. I wonder. I wonder if you're on any young boys' walls. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just start. put it right down there. <laughs> I did. Uh, by the way, guys, quick one. I am. Um, we've actually done a little bit of this episode already, but. I, the first time I've ever done this, I for- forgot to press record and it was a lot of, it was a very nice, smooth segue into yeah, how to yeah, get you that just job. Guys, yeah, guys, just imagine that the first time round, it was just so smooth. It was effortless. James didn't make that weird joke about young boys walls and everything was just, everything. I'm literally everything sweating so from every part of my body. I've got sweaty shins right now because of the beginning of this podcast, literally. We're off to a good start. Anyway. Dude, how did you, thank you for obviously coming on and how did you get that job role? Um, it's actually a really like kind of interesting parallel for most other things in my life in that it's that I don't think I've ever done anything where I've followed like the traditional path. Uh, everything's always got a weird story behind it or now I literally think of things in that capacity. If I'm going to go do something, I'm like, what's the weird little catch here? But uh, with Mentel, uh, Toby Wiseman, the editor-in-chief, lives fairly local to me, great guy, good friend. He just sent me a message one day and said, oh, back up a little bit. I've been contributing to the mag for a few years. Yeah, I thought you were uh, doing some said, articles and stuff, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah, contributing to the mag for a few years. I've done bits and bats of work with them, just gratis, just you know, just because it was fun to do. And yeah, Toby asked to meet me at the farm, at Farm Fitness, and essentially said they they... For a while, they didn't have a fitness editor, and everything was kind of being subbed out. Um, and it, you know, it was going through various editors or freelancers. But obviously, it's men's health, and uh, you know, it's something that is necessary. That you know, a hand on the wheel from a fitness point of view. And he said he appreciated that I had other projects on the go, and I had other kind of full time ventures, and they were really good. And they just kind of created this position where they said, you know, you don't. Uh, pre-covid i think i'd been into the office like four times mm. and it was literally only because i had other things to do in town on those days and they just kind of said you know forget working hours here's a salary and as long as your work's turned in every month 
and you, wow. you know you, you're doing the things you can contractually obliged to do for your boots and at, at the time I was kind of I'll probably get on to this but I was kind of doing like 60 70 hours a week on site and I did have to think like mm. do I really have the bandwidth for this and it wasn't a case of it wasn't a case of I couldn't do it and I moving forward into COVID, I've really appreciated having that, that mm. like fixed, fixed position. But it was more of like, do I, can I give this the time and quality that I want to give it to what it deserved? And I did actually have to think about it for a long time. Yeah. And the, the thing that kind of won me over in the end was like this idea of, uh, you know, I think we all go on, I think people in, in our circle don't go on social media with an idea in mind of the things we would like to change and the changes we would like to affect, um, you know, in the world, in the fitness industry. And suddenly I was confronted with this, like there's this, this huge fitness banner, this like marquee brand that is men's health. And there's this, I was thinking I can keep doing reels or IGTVs and writing on captions to the cows come home, or I can get in somewhere that's already got this, like the yeah. roots are so deep and try and affect change there. And then I kind of, you know, this is probably a bit whimsical, but I kind of felt then like, mm, you do sort of owe this to, owe this to the, the world or the industry. Um, as egomaniacal as that might sound, I kind of felt like you're being offered this position if you don't do it. But my kind of ethos was, mm. if you don't do this now, you cannot turn around in the future and be like, oh, you know, why is this going in this direction? Or why is that yeah. going in that direction? Because you had the ability to affect change and you chose not to take it. So that's that's kind of how I ended up getting the job, which was, uh, it was really nice. And like I say, nothing in my life tends to come around in sort of linear, like, you know, go go do this and X will equal Y and will equal Z. Everything happens in kind of weird roundabout ways for me. Do you find what you do for them, right for them, come easy? Because like you're very you're you are <clears throat> quite unique in the way you post stuff you'll post a picture or a video but there's always like quite a you know a very relatable very detailed caption do you find that stuff comes quite naturally to you it looks like um, it does i know it probably yeah, wasn't think... the first post but do you know what i mean over time it's probably yeah yeah i know this is something i get asked about a lot like i didn't like any funny thing is any further education I've got and I mean literally from leaving school and even school I got kicked out of on the last day um you know I didn't I, I went to college for like a week what for by the way at, we, we need to know this right so um I put a this is a very famous story in my household <laughs> I put a open can of fish we were doing loads of shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to dumb it down. <laughs> and I, I put an open can of fish behind a radiator in one of the computer rooms and um, just went on with my day. You know, it's that last day of school. Everyone's got their like sign shirt on and stuff. And then I was in another computer room doing my IT lesson and a uh, member of the senior management or senior staff, whatever it is, comes in and says, can I speak to Andrew Tracy, please? And I'm like, could have been a number of things so I, got, yeah. I tried to sort of say strip, strip me back to that computer room and um what's wrong with oddly this enough, <laughs> yeah it did stink to be fair um the guy's name was the teacher's name was mr fudge he was quite young and he was from weymouth so he had like that accent and uh this senior member she says like do you want to explain to mr tracy what's happened here and he says um i'm going to butcher this because well 
But Mr. Tracy came into the room, it didn't stink of fish. And then when he left, it did stink of fish. And I was like, well, fuck, you know, detective work's gone into this. <laughs> and then, you know, and I didn't think, I thought this is a harmless prank. Yeah. And, but I think they've been saving this up for five years, to be fair. And she said, leave. And I was like, what? And she's like, no, leave, leave the school. That's it. You can come back for your exams and we'll decide whether or not you can come to prom, but you're not going to the Leavers Assembly, so leave. Wow. And it was the last day, so I had a bag full of beers anyway, as you do yeah. when you're 16 and you last at school. So I just went and sat on the wall outside and just got Carlsberg out. And I could see my friend Jack across the road trying to explain to this same teacher that he'd done it as well. So he could also get kicked out to come for a beer. <laughs> so you were setting trends <laughs> on the last day. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. So anyway, back to where we were. Sorry. I didn't go, I didn't go to college. Um, all of my like professional education in this industry and stuff that I've just, I've just funded myself through interest and through like doing the things that have um, kind of, uh, you know, put the wind in my sails and not, you know, I went and did my PT qualification when I was very young and that was, yeah. I had no interest in fitness whatsoever growing up. I was an absolute toe rag. Uh, and I took a job at a gym just for beer money. Like it was literally, uh, you know, in the job center I'm on the little computer in the job center at the age of 16 and there's like a oh, receptionist you know for a gym but it was a small gym so you did everything like you know yeah. what you know and I I was there I don't even know what it was about it that made me so interested to go from playing no team sports I had no sporting background whatsoever I was I was fairly athletic I would say yeah but you know, I could do the usual like council estate stuff. Like I could, you know, I was athletic. I could run away from security guards and I could yeah, jump over garden hop. And Exactly that. Yeah, I was a, I was a, I was an absolutely legendary garden hopper. Um, so yeah, I took this job, and you you know, I was there for like nine, ten hours a day or whatever. And I thought I'd start reading this. You know, there was a load of reading material there. It was a real spit and sawdust bodybuilding gym. Yeah, and. I retroactively, any opportunity I get to say this, I will say that as the, I'm so grateful that that's where I started as a 16 year old boy in this gym full of like in the, in the mornings, it would just be like a, you know, the old ladies would come in and sort of poodle around the treadmills. And in the evening, it was all the doormen in the town or the drug dealers or the drug dealers enforcers. It was just like a real hardcore place. But these, and I was like 16 years old. I'm naturally like the skinniest guy in the world. I probably weighed mm. like nine stone. And all of these, all these people that I kind of recognize as well, because I was at that age where you're trying to like get into nightclubs and stuff mm. at 16. So I knew these guys from being on the door and I was like intimidated as fuck because these were the guys who were like threatening to beat me up every weekend <laughs> or like throw, like just throw me down the stairs of jumping jacks. Um, Great night. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. As long as you like a sticky floor. Uh, <laughs> and, and the threat of venereal disease. Um, yeah, so th these guys, and I'm like, oh, what an intimidating environment, but they were just the greatest people in the world. And this is something that I've taken with me, you know, this is, I'm 33 now, so this is like 17 years ago. This is something that I've taken with me throughout, is when I think you have this common interest of working out, of self-improvement, it does create, I know it's really cheesy, but it does create a kind of brotherhood. Mm. And, um, you know, Enzo, the guy who, who owned the gym, he was like this, and he still is like this six foot four, 22 stone, bald headed, 
like half Italian guy. He competed like Britain's strongest man. He'd been a bodybuilder. He was just, he was the biggest, everyone knew him in our town. He was like the biggest guy in town. Yeah. He was like, yeah, like Vin Diesel on more steroids. Um, <laughs> and he was like, he's basically like day two of being there. And he's like, well, if you're going to work here, you have to, you have to train. Yeah. And I didn't, it's funny yeah. if it was, I didn't even know what, I think about this in a like quite philosophical fashion now. I didn't actually know what it meant at the time to train. And I was like, train for what? Because in my head, the context of, I always still find it weird to this day that we call working out training. Mm-hmm. Because really training means to train for something, to work towards yeah. something. But we use it kind of arbitrarily to mean any form of working out. But I just started training with these guys, reading everything I could, I think. I hadn't even been there long when I went and got like my um the you know the le- level one fitness instructor certificate and then went on and funded myself to get my level three PT that sort of stuff. But I was just reading everything I could and talking to everybody I could. It was still the early days of the internet, but like T Nation and stuff still existed. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would literally email people on like if I had questions, I would email like Charles Poliquin, like yeah. I, I just, I, I wanted to know absolutely everything. Um, and that carried on like that for, you know, a couple of years. And I live in a, I lived in, I grew up in not a, a fairly big town, just on the outskirts of London. So the, the kind of idealized path is that, you know, if you want to do well, you, you get a job in London. That just like, that's some people stayed in a town. Some people went and mm. got a job in town. Uh, so I, once I had a good amount, a couple of years experience under my belt, relevant qualifications and stuff, I went and started working in gyms in the city, uh, which was great because there's suddenly that all of these, these extra curricular educational stuff was open to me. Um, there were people that, you know, really, whether they knew it or not, acted as, as mentors. Uh, as mental figures towards me which i think is vital in the, in the fitness industry for a young man what was um, your first gym sorry like that you first worked gym, in apart from uh, apart from did you did you do any personal training out of the spit and sawdust uh yeah yeah yeah, you did yeah. a little bit there, that, yeah. Was, that was the first place so yeah. just working like yeah no a fair amount actually oh, okay. uh, a fair amount and a ton of them so if anyone listening of our generation will remember when you used to go into a gym and you'd have an induction and the trainer would like write you a program which is hilarious now because it's free and that now would be something that mm. uh, you'd be like oh i'm an online pt trying to get six figure salary here like i'm not writing free programs right yeah but you had to you had to write a program for everyone that came in and this is actually you know really where i cut my teeth because i would be meticulous with it understanding yeah. what the person's goals were trying to apply different things and it's like it's the stuff i guess you do in your own training where you can be where you can have experimentation but this enables you to like 10 exit because you can be like okay let's see if this works and it sounds shitty because it sounds a little bit like oh that's someone else's goal you know that's someone else you're working with there um but i was conscientious of the fact that i would constantly ask this person for feedback like how's this working like you enjoying this is this you know asking for feedback on the programming that really helped me from the age of like 16 17 start sort of crafting that like understanding what works who it works for what are the contraindications like what are we looking for you know to kind of say this needs to be adapted or modified so i was doing that like every single day then you know we had a stack of program cards and they were like analog like you know like blue 
little cardboard program cards back in the day. Um, and I would go there at the end of the night and I would take them out and people would take these cards out and they had pen and they would like write yeah. their, you know, their reps and whatnot. And I would go and look and I would sort of sit there all day pouring over like, why isn't this working? Why is this working? And that was a great, again, it's one of the reasons I'm so grateful that's the place I started because you had the spit and sawdust element and working with all of these, being able to work out with all these guys who were absolute monsters, but they were all doing very different things. And that taught me, I think, from a very early age, something I talk about a lot now is that everything works really with the liberal yeah. application of effort. Like you could have a guy come in at five o'clock who was like, no, all you need to do is one set of it, like, you know, warm up and do one set of each movement to absolute failure. Yeah. Drop sets and whatever intensity techniques you need. And he'd be jacked. He'd be huge. And then, you know, at six o'clock, He'd, he'd go out and he'd say hello to like some other huge dude coming in who would be like, no, it's, you know, 10 sets of every movement, super high volume. Mm. And he's also massive or he's, you know, mm. they're also strong as fuck. And that from a really young age, you know, I could look, even at 17, it wasn't hard to look and go, well, what's the common denominator here? It's that these guys are working, you know, everything else aside. It's that these guys are working. <laughs> pro, pro, protein shakes aside, it's that, it's that these guys are all um, they're working incredulously yeah. hard. And that, mm -hmm. you know, that was a good, I'm glad. So we also had an Asporta in my town. Do you remember Asportas? Yeah, I think they I got bought that. out by Virgin. Yeah, they got they bought out by Virgin. That's where I later on went to work. Um, but I'm glad I didn't start in the Asporta. And yeah. there, was a, there was a time being like 17 and kind of wanting to have that like bougie, like, oh, I work in this border type thing. I did actually, I did apply for a job there and I'm so glad I didn't get it because it, you know, it, it, it's a different environment. It's a very different environment. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had that hands-on experience. You know, I would have just been walking the gym floor looking for clients all day. Um, so I'm glad I started where I started. Did you find that when, when you was, um, working in london when people came to you you just had a much better understanding of what they needed already because you'd seen yeah 100 so, sort um, of a head like, start for that sort of clientele yeah. wasn't it really yeah and i actually remember someone one of the master trainers at one of the first gyms i went to work in in, in the city saying to me like i'd started there at the same time as a guy who just we were the same age but he just qualified he'd just gone and got his like his level three and I remember him saying to me, like, it's interesting to look at the difference between you two because everything he does is great. It's very textbook. Like, you can yeah. predict where he's going next with a client. And we're going way back. So we're going, like, 2000, you know, back to, like, 2008. So CrossFit in the UK was in its infancy to non-existent. And, uh, you know, I'd, the trainers would think that, you know, I'd have conversations with trainers where they're like, why were you doing with that guy? why were you doing it with that guy today? Like, why were you getting him to carry the dumbbells around the gym? And I'd be like, well, it was a farmer's carry, but everything like th this stuff yeah. didn't exist yet. Wasn't this in the books, really was it? No, right, no, exactly things, that. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, everyone was just, it was three sets of 10 on a lap pull down, three sets of 10. And I, I can't even imagine trying to get away with that. And it, it's been a long time since I've, for business purposes, done one-to-one -one training. Mm. But I can't even imagine trying to get away with that now. Like mm. trying to be like, yeah, just, yeah, that, yeah, that's cool. Just do another 10. <laughs> and we're just going to move on to this other machine. Like people are too caught up with it now, yeah. aren't they? 
Yeah. And then you're 10 minutes, 10 minutes of static stretching at the end. So weird. Yeah. It's, I remember, so I worked at David Lloyd's and it was very similar. Like you had the program cards, which was quite good to look at. And in all, like you're saying about the online trainer thing where they don't, unfortunately won't be exposed to that, but that's like your way of meeting people generating leads and like you mm. what was good to see what you done there as much as clients come to us to learn from us they're actually like massive learning tools themselves for us aren't they essentially yeah and that's your body of work isn't it yeah you know? and that's obviously good to see what happened there so you were working in london where was your next progression i got really um I felt just very, a few years there, I felt very, very burnt out. And the kind of my, I, I felt like my passion for, for fitness in and of itself was waning. Mm. Um, and, you know, and then where, I, where it really became quite palpable was I was in this position where I could go to seminars. And, you know, to be fair, like the gyms I was work, were working at had their own education courses with great trainers and they'd pay for it. You know, there was a budget to, for you to go to seminars and stuff. And initially I was like, this is so good. But it, there were elements of working in a, that commercial environment um, in in you know in the cent in London in central London and the, there's a certain type of clientele and there's no disrespect to them whatsoever because they were I don't think I've ever had a bad client in that period mm. but they were very different people to me they were very wealthy like that's not the environment I was raised in and I couldn't there was almost this element of they could afford a PT so they just had one you know. Yeah. And, uh, there'd be days where you know clients would cancel and they'd be like i'll oh, just take that session off don't worry about it you it's know, like dude i want to fucking train you like <laughs> i want to train you yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly that and yeah. you know sometimes you almost get the feeling and this is fine because everybody you know this is my now looking back i'm like this is actually my problem to solve as a trainer but like at 1920 i didn't know this stuff i wasn't you know i wasn't emotionally mature enough to look mm. to be introspective and say right what do i need to do here but when you'd have clients where you're almost like and to say an accessory is too derogatory but you are very much they've got a trainer because their friends got a trainer because their friends got a trainer mm. and when you are as kind of passionate about something as, as people like you and i are that can be very grinding because you're kind of like dude don't you want to do the work and they're like yeah. no not really i just i just want to pay you to have a trainer yeah and you you try and find everything you can to kind of entice them and i would do i think i do a much better job now but yeah either way i felt very burnt out and I, my intention was and I, I had some stuff going on in my personal life there's something i don't talk about very much but i have a 13 year old daughter okay. um she wasn't 13 then obviously uh she was she was newborn and so that you know that was a that was a very difficult sort of transitionary period in my life and everything was kind of up in the air. And to be, looking back now, to be 20 years old with a, uh, and, you know, be trying to balance oftentimes being a single father with, um, and I should talk about this stuff more. I do understand that, yeah. but it's difficult, but it, it was, it was just difficult. And, you know, mm. I didn't, I wasn't tooled up emotionally to deal with all this stuff. And I'm like, I need something, I need change. And I guess looking back, the one thing I had control over is what do I do for a living? yeah so um i was like i'm gonna take a short i'm gonna take a short career break and i carried on i actually took a number of clients and carried on doing 
like remote coaching with them and I'm still doing their program for them because they were literally like I don't think any other trainer is going to do that type of training yeah. they were probably right in the area they were the area we were in so I, I carried on I kind of I guess this would have been like prototypical like online coaching it wasn't because that you know the platform what did we have like MySpace the platforms <laughs> didn't exist I could have, I could have sent them like MySpace programming here's your program um, over Twitter <laughs> yeah 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 if you go on MySpace you can hear my song of the day play uh, so I carried on and I was like right I'm gonna take a short break and my dad had, had worked in the entertainment industry previously and he was like oh just go and do some like um, stuff in events because you know you get to travel a bit when you haven't got Sienna, that's my daughter, and um, you know for, you know clear your mind. And that was you know 10, 11, 12 years ago. That was like ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still on that break, sensibly. Um, so yeah, I went to work in the events industry, carried on doing fitness stuff on the side, and then I got back into suddenly the passion was back there to go to do, um, you know, further education stuff, and so that was really great. But I. I stopped training because when you work in events, you're like out the door at five o'clock in the morning, mm. you're either staying away in like a shit hotel yeah. or you're getting in at like 10 o'clock at night and you've got to be back out. So I was kind of of the mindset of, okay, well, I guess, you know, I don't train because I can't get to the gym. That's just it. That's just it. That's cool. Um, it went on like that. Luckily the job was very physical and I had a, you know, I'd already had a decent level of, fitness and you know aesthetically whatever mm. so it's not like i went back to square one mm. um there's some sort of maintenance but, through the job yeah, yeah 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 and it's very it's like a weird industry as well where it's like the last vestige of like piracy where there's no health and safety or anything so it is a lot of the time it's just like fucking about with the lads who can lift the most this who can do that who can do this so there was you know it's there was a lot of like accidental strength and fitness going on but it's nothing compared to actually training and um i ended up working up the ladder like uh, career progression there quite quickly and i ended up like project managing some stuff from the 2012 olympics which is really great um and i think i don't know but looking back now i was thinking about this last week when the or the week before when the olympics were on i was like i don't know if that was actually being there in stratford i don't know for so long, I was like there for a year. And I mean, like yeah. I would, I had a, I had like a hammock in a container I would sleep in because the jobs were just so hardcore. Yeah. We'd be there for like, we'd be doing 48 hour shifts. It was nuts. And I don't know if it was being in that environment that made me think like, shit, I want to get back into my training. Yeah. And again, I was still going, I was still taking online courses. At this time, I think I'd, I'd done like every Poliquin, like online course you could do. Uh, still working remotely with clients and i was doing some i think i had like a blog or something at the time um and i was like but i need to i need to get back into my own training the olympics finished we went kind of back on the road traveling and there wasn't really any like epiphany moment there was no, no. Like, penny drop where i was like yeah you know people say like oh, i saw this photo of myself and i was like i've got to make a change there was nothing like that there's nothing mm -hmm. i can pinpoint um unfortunately because it would make a good story but <laughs> And I just one day in uh, your hammock woke up. I'm gonna yeah, do this. Like, snapped out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in a travel lodge one day and I went outside and I just started doing push-ups and pull-ups like underneath the um this is somewhere where I train all the time from then on underneath the fire exit stairwell. I was just doing pull-ups and, and push-ups. 
And I went back in and I had that kind of endorphin, like I think I'd done like a 20 to one ladder of push-ups, pull-ups, something yeah. like that. And skipping, uh, like jumping rope in between rounds. And I'd gone back inside and I sat on the bed and I was like, you have this body of work. You have this, this privilege of this professional education and all of this experience. You should be using that here now. That was your moment, mate. Um, by the way, that I think that was it. Yeah, and I was that's kind of looking, and I, I, yeah, and I was thinking of other people in my position who would be like, "Yeah, well, you know, we can't work out because we the job's really hard, it's physically yeah. demanding, or we work late hours, you can't get to the gym, blah 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 blah." And I was kind of like, well, "Okay, what can I do within the confines of this?" And that that's yeah, I guess that was my moment because that has kind of informed everything I've done going forward. Like it's. I want to do X, but how far can I take that within the confines of not being at a gym, not having, uh, you know, not, not even have a kitchen to prepare food, all of that stuff. And initially mm-hmm. it just became like, can I get back in decent, um, you know, aesthetically get back in decent nick, uh, training like that. And I was logging everything. I, I think I started an Instagram just, just showing the workouts I was doing kind of wherever I was and, I started picking up like bits and bats of kit to travel with like a kettlebell. And then I, you know, the experiments would be like, can I do a version of GVT using like just a set of gym rings and one kettlebell hanging from like the, um, hanging from the fire escape. And that was it. I mean, that was literally, that's what the, the kind of spark that started everything. And I kind of started writing about my findings in this like experimentation of one, um, that was where like you are not your gym membership was kind yeah. of born. I guess it's a play on the Chuck Palahniuk like fight club kind of you are not all of mm. these things. And the idea that, you know, the things we own end up owning us. And it's very much the same in, in fitness, right? The, if you've got the best gym in the world, you, you're almost, you're building a rod for your own back because if you yeah. then have, and this is what obviously what we saw during COVID, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know that was a that was a boom time for me content wise. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, I've been here for yeah. ages. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what was interesting is I've got an ebook called Stoic Thirty, and I, I wrote it years yeah. ago. And the, the the premise behind it is you just pick one piece of kit, whether it's a pair of dumbbells, a single kettlebell, a sandbag, whatever it is, and you do thirty days of just training with that, and it's yeah. all the programming to get through that, all the adaptations, blah blah blah. And um, you know, I wrote a very pretentious long-winded intro to it talking about stoicism talking about the idea of kind of preempting the day when you might have to go without and i actually had a guy years and years ago comment and say like the thing is i can just go to the gym and i was like yeah but the gym might not always be an option and at the time i was talking from my own experience of not having you know you start at five and you finish at nine o'clock at night the gyms aren't open that you know or you're traveling you can't get to one I was speaking from that experience, but this guy was like, why would I not be able to go to the gym? And then obviously COVID happened and there were no gyms. You should have replied uh, to him when COVID kicked in. Then, gym, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just, I, I, yeah, I did think about, you know, I'm not this, I'm, I try not to be a petty person. But I did consider, I was like, it would be funny if I just could find that post, the screen grab the comment, but I'll just tell the story on podcasts and said, that's just as good. <laughs> So that's obviously you, you have sort of relit the fire. Obviously you must've fat for me, you've done a workout there you, and you feel great. And you're just sat on the bed, probably dripping a bit of sweat and you're just like, and you're just deep in the brain of thinking, 
I need to do more. Yeah. How with with that? So how long did you do that job? Because that's the thing. You know, when you said you sort you sort of you. I suppose you have taken you when you took a break away from fitness. You took away from one to one in person coaching, really, because yeah. you've never really been away from fitness, have you? No. Because I no, would always say you're heavily quite invested. You know, go on his link tree. Trust me. Um, yeah. yeah. So, what what came from that then? So you, you're doing obviously the events work. What what was the next progression? So obviously, did you stoic as well? Um, yeah. So that that kind of that that sort of stuff, the the ebooks and stuff came later down the line when I realised that there was a. I don't think of it as a gap in the market. I think of it as there are people that need this information. It's actually yeah. why I try and keep everything, you know, I was, you can call it fortunate or unfortunate, but I was in a position where actually I made money from, I, sorry, after the Olympics, I started my own business in yeah. events. So I carried okay. on, but working myself, which brings with it a whole other set of challenges, yeah. but it also frees me up. Um, you know, I was still on site, but it gives me a lot more freedom in terms of like, if I want to take a bit of kit to site with me and train at lunchtime, no one's going to say anything to me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I realized through social media that there were a lot of, um, I think there's a largely kind of untapped or unlooked after demographic, not unlooked after because it's at their own fault or our own fault, but of men on social media of a certain, you know, between 35 plus who kind of, Oh, you know, what's all this Instagram bollocks anyway? They're not gonna, they're not gonna follow Joe Wicks. They're not gonna, mm. you know, they're not gonna do all this stuff. And these are the guys who are, you know, they're on the tube, they're doing scaffolding all day, um, they're traveling for work, they've got kids, and they almost fall between the cracks and can end up sucked into just the, um, sucked into the, the, the false dichotomy of like. You either work out because your lifestyle is set up to, or you yeah. don't. Um, and I think I just wanted to create resources for me, you know, for for people like that, and you know, create resources on one hand that could be helpful and actionable, and on the other hand, do as much as I could personally. To I don't, I'm not one of these people. I hate people who say I don't hate. That's too strong, but people who say. I oh, know I set out to inspire. I personally find that very clicky because mm. I'm not self-congratulatory enough. Mm. I would rather just do what I'm doing and, and discover what I someone. discover for me. Yeah, That's or their choice, even if, isn't I can, it? if I can say, hey, look, I've been in a similar situation. This is what works for me. I guess it's kind of like you want to walk up the mountain holding the holding the torch, right? And if, mm. to, to light the way. And you can then look back and say, don't go that way. Like, fucking trust me, don't go that way, go this way. Uh, so that was it for me. And then I just went on. I carried on working on site. I was then building a, like a bigger portfolio of remote coaching and, and people who wanted downloadables and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I was also doing some, I got back into um, Tom Kemp, a friend of mine. He, I was around at the time and kind of helped with him founding um, Farm Fitness. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I started coaching there and we started formulating how the, the training ethos and philosophy was there and it, and it was great because it was so there was such as this parallel of outdoor training and it was what i was doing already and how okay how can we extrapolate this out into a group setting and how do these these training concepts work so again i was still just back in that experiment uh which is really cool and i mean that really that kind of brings up to now like i i guess the 
the biggest thing would be i guess posting stuff on instagram and that gets mm. a certain amount of attention which then i you know i did some work for men's fitness magazine i had a cover with men's fitness many years ago and i was contributing to them and i was writing workout sessions for them which again you know gives you a huge amount of feedback because yeah. suddenly you're open up to this this wider world of people and you can really go i think sometimes the the danger what can happen particularly on social media is you can kind of fall into this consensus bubble where the kind of people who gravitate towards you are the kind of people who would have done your style of training anyway mm. so of course they're there you know giving you a fucking hand job because they love it they mm. love it they would always have loved it i think by opening yourself up to more and it, that's fine actually you know your vibe attracts your tribe all that shit and it served the people closest to you that's great but for me i'm like okay if i can open myself up to a wider audience here i'm gonna actually get disconfirming information i'm gonna get people yeah. saying this is shit this doesn't work and i'm gonna learn far more from that yeah. than i am from people who are just like oh yeah this is great like it's quite I think it's quite the language used on Instagram is brilliant and it's quite indicative of the larger picture. People choose to follow you. That's literally what it's called. Mm. And then they're your follower. And there's that, you know, what is a follower? And I guess uh, the most obvious thing is I can post something on my, on my own personal Instagram. I can post a workout video or a movement or something like that. And it will get confirmation people are oh this is great you know i'm going to try mm -hmm. this oh i love this movement blah 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 it can get reposted onto the men's health instagram and people will just be like what the fuck is this shit this is bullshit yeah. just do this just do that um you know and 90 percent of the time it is just idiots like they, they literally don't have a clue and we're in mm -hmm. you know we're i always say this is james smith's world we're just living in it and what that's created is mm. people are very quick to use the little bit of knowledge they have and be like, no, this isn't right. Yeah. But the other 10, 20% of that is people that you can look at and go, I think he's probably got a good point there. Mm. He's probably got a good point. This is a, this is a culture or a community or a demographic that I actually haven't thought about when I'm doing this. Or this is someone with this goal that I haven't thought about when I'm putting this out. And I think that helps massively. And I don't think, enough people embrace that i think it's no. very easy to stay inside your own consensus bubble it's you can't be surrounded by cheerleaders can you essentially no, you do need someone to challenge you at yeah. times what have you yeah. learned from that as in so when as that have you ever do you engage with these people at all do you like how does how does that go if someone doesn't like because for me like you being an editor there like you're bringing up for me something quite different to the party of what you would usually see in that mag. How has that actually been taken? Yeah, actually, I actually think it's quite, I was having this conversation yesterday, like uh, just, just to touch on your first part, like do I engage with those people? I'm very, I'm reasonably good at protecting my energy because I know in the past, like historically mm. I've been a very fiery person and that's not mm. who I am anymore. Mm. but i you know i do always have like things i'll put into place where i'll be like if i see something and i feel like mm, this comment for some reason has has attempted to get under my skin like there's some registry of emotion there yeah and i don't feel like there should be i'll leave it for a little while and i'll come back and i'll be like okay yeah. i get it like i was being defensive yeah um blah 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 sometimes you can look and you can just say this person is just an ignorant prick uh you know he's just 
what he's seen, and I'm going to, this is going to sound massively egotistical, but what this person has seen is like a tanned muscular person on Instagram and he's gone, oh, fuck him. And, and you're like, okay, well, why am I going to, I'm not going to, yeah. you know, I'm not going to rise yeah. to that. But yeah. one thing for me, and there's a few examples that I've had of this is particularly on, as I say, it doesn't tend to happen on my feed because you get that consensus, but on men's health, I've had people come onto posts and they're, they're adamant that something is bullshit. And sometimes I'll be mm. like, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and I've yeah. not responded to that because they're right. But yeah. other times I will try and explain it. And I'll try and have the conversation. And if you, the biggest win to me is when I take people who say like, they've got no sense of nuance and they're just talking in absolutes. And they, they, you know, they tend to come on and say, just stick to the basics, just do this, just do that. But when you actually look at the training they're doing, you're like, mm. that's not the basics. Yeah. You just wanted to shout that all over the internet. And when I have these conversations with people and try and explain the rationale, the thought process, the intended stimulus, mm. and those people then, you know, begin to follow you and begin to, I've had examples of people who've come in for an argument. There's no doubt. They've seen men's health. It's like a big, it's a big banner, isn't it? It's easy to throw shit, a big banner. Yeah. And they're like, right, you know, crack knuckles. This is my time to shine. Tappity, tappity, tap. And I'll be like, oh, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, this is actually the intended usage for this? Yeah. Or um, actually, actually, it is possible to do this. The science is on the side of this. It's just, uh, you know, it's just not generally something to talk about. And those people start following you and those people start doing your workouts and start taking you. And that for me is such a big win. Yeah. Because I feel like you've taken a pessimism, like uh, pessimism is lazy to yeah. me like yeah. angry pessimists are lazy and yeah. they've never tried to... you've put something in theory no. and they and it, they're they're bashing it and it's like it's like you know um don't knock it until you try it a simple saying yeah. isn't it yeah and yeah and then exactly they try your workout and they love it and that what that has uh, you know it's taught me a lot of patience um but it's also <laughs> kind of taught me that you have to meet people where they are and I think it's our job as coaches to, I think, particularly with social media, like I imagine if you and I whipped up our following list, there'd be so, the, the large, let's take away anyone who's not in fitness, just to take away, you know, whatever bird you follow to look at. Um, and <laughs> you can edit that out. Uh, and most of, most of the people in fitness are going to be coaches and they're probably yeah. going to be like-minded coaches to you. Yeah. And I think what happens then is you're back in that consensus bubble. Yeah. And you know, we all kind of congratulate each other on knowing the things that we just should know, yeah. you know, and if you, you look at someone doing a myth busting post, that's like calling someone stupid for not knowing this stuff. And that, you know, underneath the comments would be like, Oh, clap, clap about time. Someone said this, but when you look, it's just all PTs and you're like, well, yeah, yeah. you should know this. You should know so this, why yeah. not, why not actually put it in a way that's understandable for Jim? Like we're actually failing. You know, yeah. if people don't understand this, that's our fault. We need to do a better job. And I, I kind of hate this. You'll see a lot of people, they'll be, oh, the fitness industry is fucked. You're the fitness industry. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You're in it. Yeah. You're in it, dude. Just do better. Just do better. <laughs> like put yeah. out what you think needs to be done. You know, there's really no use saying, you know, this is stupid. That's stupid. Okay. Give people a better option. Mm. Um and I think, when people bash Joe Wicks and it's like oh it's the low-hanging fruit isn't it bashing like Joe they, Wicks. they bash they bash him and I and I and in my head I'm like where's your fucking recipe book mate yeah you aren't teaching yeah. this person about protein 
fat, you know, how many teach lives about macros. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's like, where's your book? And also, like, but I don't think people, like, I think it's hard. I don't, the, the kind of theory I've come to is that it's very difficult for those people to reflect because if they reflected, they'd understand that they're, most of them are just fucking boring knobs with no charisma. And that's it. Like, that's why, that's why Joe Wicks is out there, like, you know, getting the nation fit. Yeah. And you are doing your face to camera, go, like, debunking whatever. Like, oh, like, this dude gets people in his, in their kitchen cooking food. Like, yeah, a skill that's in, forgotten. Like, yes yeah and he gets people moving their bodies yeah, yeah but he should you know he should just be teaching the four big lifts and the importance of progressive overload and you're like you know that not everyone needs that right <laughs> you know not everyone needs that you know that you're actually putting people off because you're so boring <laughs> and you're so you're so, like this thing is complicated as all hell there's so yeah. like you know there's people far 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 smarter than me on this topic but then at the end of the day you're like well how much do people really need to know yeah and I think when we, we, you know, we put out all of this, and I'm as guilty as anyone for this, this like word salad, people must look and go, shit, this, this thing seems really complicated, so I'm not going to mm. get involved. Mm. Whereas Joe Wicks is like, yeah, just go do some burpees in the living room. And people are like, oh, yeah, I can go on board with that. <laughs> and I think, like, more power to you. Like, we, yeah. the, more, the longer you're in this game, the more you understand that actually for Gem Pop, who want to have the, you know, we should want people to have the physiological goodness and adaptations of exercise so that they live longer, so they can have a better mm. quality of life. The, the, what you actually need to do to tick those boxes is so painfully low. Like, it's incredible, isn't it? Like, yeah. most things, what, like we were saying earlier, mostly everything works. Yeah, just fucking move. You know, <laughs> just fucking move. Yeah, the most, and it, if later on you then go, well, actually, I've got some more specific goals. Great, yeah. you're already in the door. And um, what did I, I was listening to Naval Ravikant the other day and he had this quote that was like, read what you love until you love to read. And he's basically saying, look, there's no wrong, just you know, read any books you want to read, read any magazines, yeah. comics, whatever it is, until you're into it. And then you'll just love to read and it'll be easier because you've adopted this skill. And I suddenly thought, it's the same with, with exercise, with movement. Do the stuff you love to do Mm-hmm. And eventually the other stuff will a be more accessible to you because you've yeah. got fitter and B you're already in there. Then you're not trying to jump in at the deep end and start in this like hardcore bodybuilding plan or like, you know, full on CrossFit programming. You, you've started where you are mm-hmm. and that gives you the confidence to then be able to do the other stuff. So I, you know, I kind of extrapolate from that, like move the way you love until you love the way you move. Um, which I think, you know, we're, we're all of us, all of us are guilty of this bar, maybe Joe Wicks of <laughs> like overcomplicating it to the point that it puts people off. And he doesn't yeah. do that. No, he doesn't. he doesn't. And you can say what you like about him. And I would defend him to the, to the hilt because like you say, like how many lives are you affecting? When you put up yeah. your video with one, with one obvious um, exception to this rule, one guy who has done incredibly well fashion joe wicks um everyone else and like now well you're just trying to be a you know derivative versions of that yeah how many lives are you affecting just put out the stuff you you want to see put out the stuff you think will be good unfortunately it's difficult because negative shit does tend to get a lot of traction Mm. but then explain why joe wicks is so popular yeah 
kept it simple, isn't he? He hasn't he hasn't used yeah. big words. He's just he's spoken normal human language, which is what all of us have to learn yeah. at times. Yeah, and I think where we get caught out is that, well, like I said, you go on your following or followers list. And it's all people like us and we all understand what we're saying mm. and we're all congratulating. You know, we're basically just all nodding. We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's so true. That's so true. That thing you said, but that, that's not our audience though, is it? No. That's not the people it's going to help. That's the people who are already like in the, you know, they're in the trenches or they're living it. So I guess it's finding a way to get it across to the other guys. So, how has coke so obviously we spoke a little bit before how's covid um affected you from a business point of view and life oh, i suppose and life yeah both both yeah i mean from a i'm very grateful that at this time in my life i've you know I, i've uh, spent time on myself working on myself in, yeah. in terms of like personal development and spiritual development because otherwise i think the last couple of years would have just fucking crushed me like an ant under a boot mm. but um yeah like as i said i ran a business in events construction and as of march 2020 there was no events yeah you know and it was a very unlooked after sector mm. um financially and that was tough in the beginning and my brothers work for me it's like a family business so I, you know, literally, you know, more or less, you know, more or less bankrupted myself, keeping everyone's head above water. Very, very fortunate to have a PAYE job at Men's Health, um, you know, which enabled me. The, the good thing was about that is it enabled me the freedom, I guess, to operate in a way in which I could be useful to other people without having to worry too much about myself. Like I was mm. kind of covered. Mm. Um, so, you know, effectively my business ended overnight. So it, it was, it was, and it still remains 12 to 18 months of just constantly pivoting, pivoting, pivoting. Mm. Um, I'm very fortunate and I have, you know, a fair amount of highly transferable skills that just work in other areas and a really great network through fitness of, you mm. know, people I know, people I know who are, um, you know, happy to help me out or let me help them, I guess. Um, I would say so we we kind of shifted into and to be fair it was, it was a great move we kind of shifted into um, gym construction so so you know we were all very handy on the tools we've been building things for a decade uh, you know to go from building superstructures to building uh, a rig it's like light work yeah. you know it's you know it's easy stuff um, so yeah we kind of pivoted and that again not a gyms not you know, new gyms weren't particularly much of a, a booming business during, uh, yeah, yeah. during covid but it was good and i already kind of you know i've got my i guess you would call it like i'm not ashamed to, i'm get i'm getting into this place now where i'm trying not to be ashamed of saying certain things just because they're viewed a certain way so like when people people will have thirty thousand followers on instagram post content every day and mm. they'll still put the word influencer in mm. like inverted commas as if it's a dirty word and i'm like you're an influencer you are an influencer mm. putting it in inverted commas doesn't mean it's a bit like the lady doth protest too much like you know yeah. that you are an influencer so just do a good job of it and i will yeah. say like i guess i had a personal brand which i was able to lean into um and i'd always like on and off sold sold a bit of clothing and um i said to my brothers 
I'd always done it through like fulfillment centers and whatnot. I said to my brothers, like, look, if you want to help me, I will yeah. invest in everything we need to manufacture clothing ourselves. And we'll do it. Like a lot of people I work with think I'm mental sometimes because I, I don't like to delegate things. I like to do things very hands-on because mm. I love, like I'm in a fortunate position where I can just do what I love. Mm. So we I invested some money and we kind of, you know, started adult P or adult P already existed, but I just did it as and when I felt the need to. But now, you know, with my brothers on board, that's something that we're building as like an, as an apparel business. Um, I work now for Bulldog Gear the yeah. uh, the equipment manufacturer um i do rigs for those so so we'll go out and we'll we'll build new gyms we've been like fortunate enough to build some absolutely wow. incredible spaces with them yeah i mean i try and just it's weird like i i just love everything about the fitness industry and i just mm. love how everything knowing how everything works and sometimes yeah. it does, it's weird when you're having a conversation with someone and you can see people almost think you're lying sometimes you know like you know like a proper like jay from in between us billy Borgia. <laughs> yeah because I'll see people go like, yeah, but you said you work for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I do that I do, as well. I do that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do that as well. Um, but, you know, I'm for, I do, I, you know, I have to work my bollocks off for it. But I'm fortunate that I get to work. The way I say it is I just get to work with cool people and do cool stuff. And I did have to work like a dog to get into that position. And, half, you know, we did have to have like a global pandemic to sort of light the fuse on it. But now I'm like, that's very cool. It's very cool that, don't get me wrong, I do still lay awake at night, like stressed about like, oh yeah, how's rent getting paid this month? <laughs> but it's a very cool position to be in. Did you did you have a moment when obviously things are start, things are sort of returning back to normal now, aren't they, to a degree? Um, yeah. Have you ever had the thought of starting that back up, the events? We've done bits and bats yeah. as it's come in, but it's been, it's been difficult where obviously, you know, the, the people who worked for me have had to go off and make ends meet elsewhere. Yeah. And I think now we're in that lagging measure, aren't we, where things are starting to pick back up again. But you put things in place during COVID that are now occupying your time. You're kind of like, something's yeah. got to give. Yeah. Um, so we, um, it's, it's crossed my mind a few times, but I, I'm in a good position where, we would subcontract, this is like boring man talk here, but we would subcontract. So, and I have a great relationship with all the people that we would subcontract to. Um, and they still, you know, they still offer me work all the time. And if any of my boys or any of my lads are available, I will yeah. get that, you know, I will get them that work. Um, yeah. So that's, that's quite nice. It's not something that I think, I just don't know how it would work now full time. Yeah. It, it, well, it wouldn't. It, there's, it logistically just couldn't work because of, uh, I can still do all the remote work I did because that hasn't really changed. But how are we going to do like a, a 500 garment like t-shirt run of like basically in our first world sweatshop here um, when we're also, you know, got to be on a, a Pontins in Prostatin building a, you know, building a 30 meter by 100 meter <laughs> yeah. superstructure. They're just not going to coalesce anymore. It's surprising me that you haven't tried taking that on though, to be fair, from your track record. <laughs> mm, like, yeah, like I, I, going, yeah, I, let's do it. it then, I, was, <laughs> I could probably take like, I could probably take one printing press and a stack of screens and garments and just set it up in a hotel. And the good thing about that is we wouldn't have to pay for the electricity either. 
God, what have I started? And, uh, I hope I haven't got your and, brain uh, thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a heat press is not cheap to run. <laughs> so, what's the future for you, buddy? What are you What are you currently working on to develop or get better at? What or is there something in place at the moment that yeah you're working on? Uh, I think like, mostly at the moment it's like much of the same. And for me, it's a case of just getting better at the stuff I'm doing. Like that's my mm. kind of obsession at the moment is like how can i make this better how can i do a better version of this whilst enjoying it um <coughs> and how can i provide and create more value in these areas i'm working in and, and uh, a lot by and large there's a lot of things i do just because a project comes along and i'm like that looks really cool i'm gonna do that mm. i'm gonna you know make the time to do that uh that from a from a personal point of view there is stuff i would like to do in the industry uh that i i think i'm at a point now with everything i've done in the past the the job i've had the training i've done um the people i've worked with where i'm looking now i would like to build out something that's bigger than you know bigger than an ebook every two or three months or yeah. topic some sort of platform for those um you know for me it's for those guys that i was saying earlier like fall through the cracks Mm. and give them you know give them a type of functional training mm. that is truly functional it's not you know it's not competitive functional fitness it's yeah. get good for get good for life um and a, you know build a platform for that that's more interactive and i can put more of my time into i think that's it for me now uh you know I, i've started some bits in earnest but i've got a lot of other mm -hmm. projects on there just so demanding time-wise at the moment i would like to take some time off and just go away somewhere and just build out ideally for me build out some sort of online platform that mm -hmm. people can join and become a community community and i can be very face forward with it yeah um and you know you know we have a workout of the day and i can come on every single day and do a live and say you know this is the intended stimulus mm -hmm. these are the substitutions we can do you know answer any questions something like that that for me is i guess that's almost like an end goal yeah of the because then that can evolve you know once yeah. the platform's built that can evolve it's keep doing more of the same at men's health um you know we're, we're in a position now we've launched a membership site and the people we've people we've brought around us to do that are not your you know, this isn't, um, this, I don't mean this to take away from anyone, but it's not just like freelance writers and mm. uh, people who dip their toe into fitness. We've built a team of, of you know, professional coaches who yeah. each have their individual niche. You know, myself, Tom Kemp, we've got um, like Gus from Wit, like a great CrossFit coach. Jack George, obviously an incredible CrossFitter. Um, we've got people who kind of cover every area. Mm. Scott Britton, just incredible, fun people who love the industry yeah and the idea is with that kind of squad to kind of bring bring the content up to date and make it more more what people are used to consuming now i mean i sit in meetings all the time and i say this like we we can put out all this content and we can publish all this stuff in in the mag but there's people just with a dslr on social media who are just absolutely spanking us because mm -hmm. they can be more reactive and they can understand the yeah they can follow the, the trend better, better can't they exactly exactly that so like we we want to offer something that is as reactive as that to the point where you know we made the decision the other day for the people who are still doing what i'm doing writing wise and men's health 
um, you know, and try and just always bring the most credibility I can there and create the most value. Uh, I get asked about, you know, I do have some remote coaching slots, but I don't have to advertise for it or anything. Mm. I just take on people that, I, you know, I fancy working with or if I've got a gap. Um, and I get asked all the time, like about remote coaching. I'm like, you can just pick up the mag for like four quid. And every month, there is a month's worth of training there that you can do that I've written. Yeah. It's four quid. And they, um, they don't want that though, mate. It, they don't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that. But I think that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. That's the temptation. It's, and then yeah. whenever I get someone who's got a, a criticism of the, it's very easy. It's like knocking Joe, it's like knocking Joe Wicks. It just rolls off the tip of your tongue to go, oh yeah, that shit in men's health. And, so, you know, sometimes I get yeah. it. You see the cover, you see the cover mm. lines and you're like, oh, yeah. really? Um, yeah. but then you open it up and there's like you know articles from every field from incredible uh, i've seen people like do post knocking certain articles and i'm like if you turn over the page there's an article from one of your best mates there <laughs> like yeah who's an incredible coach yeah um and it's just it's an easy thing to do without actually picking it up and uh, and assimilating the information it's very easy to and like i say it's easy to sling shit at a big target isn't it mm. Um, so just more of that and then with the with the online platform you know like we made the decision the other day that literally when someone this might not be that scalable as it grows but you know if someone messages with a question I will personally voice note the back and answer it Mm. so just being that providing that bit more value I just want to do that across the across the board of everything we do Um, I just enjoy being in this culture mate I really do uh, we put on a kind of party type thing on Friday night. We invited people down. We did loads of strongman lifts and we ate pizza. And I was kind of like, this is it for me. This is what I believe fitness can be. It can be mm. fun. It can be enjoyable. It, yeah. You can take it. You can take it. What I always say is take things as seriously as you need to, but never announce more. Yeah. Um, you know, and you've got all these people in a room who are like axle deadlifting 200 plus kgs and throwing a hundred kilo dead, like a mm. Atlas ball up into their shoulder and having a good time doing it. And then we went and ate pizza and had beers upstairs. And I'm like, this is, you know, this is how I feel. This is the sort of culture I would yeah. like to help instigate and propagate in the yeah. industry. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how that. most, gen, that's how most gen pop people would like to be included and what they would want to see. But obviously, unfortunately, sometimes it's never portrayed as that. As it's just the way it is. I get it. I do get mm. it because it's a, at the end of the day, it's a market, isn't it? And it's a market, and like any market, we sell solutions to problems. And you've already got to be quite, you know, you're not going to buy in necessarily on the surface to that idea of going down on a Friday night and lifting weights and eating pizza because it seems kind of at odds with the problem you think you've got. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how we overcome that, but I guess so much of fitness is, um, some of the conversation earlier, so much of fitness is and has been historically built around, and it's just because it's, it's just because it's marketable, this is no one's fault, built around how we look. Yeah. Um, and which is really odd because you've actually got this thing that will add 10 years to your life make the quality of your life like incomparably better incomprehensibly better like if you can move well and you know you create that big buffer zone going into your 50s and 60s of you know resistance training suddenly you're 60 
still moving like a 30 year old you've got a long way to decline there yeah whereas if you get to 60 and you're already you know you've been sedentary for 30 years which is you know it's reality for a lot of people you are fucked <laughs> like you're not gonna you know you're not gonna have an easy ride you're not gonna yeah. have an easy ride and the, the, the funny thing is that to me it's it's like the biggest sell of fitness that nobody talks about yeah it's like this and you don't like we were saying earlier about joe Wicks, you don't actually have to do that much you yeah. just got to give your body a reason every day to go yeah i'm still necessary like yeah. yeah i still need my forearms and biceps and triceps and quads because i'm doing stuff with them and it's when you don't do that you know your body starts going well i guess i don't need that anymore so don't divert any energy that way and that should be the biggest sell to me in fitness and i get it because i do play both sides of the coin i'm i'm quite happy to say like you know we play on all the time that there's no problem in wanting to look better i don't mm. i think that's absolutely fine and i think if that's the hook that gets people in yeah so much the better like i will i will throw out any hook possible because ultimately i know once you land the fish you're taking it somewhere good I, i've really butchered that metaphor but i think you get where i'm going with it but you just got it's that thing isn't it like we from a moral aspect want we want like i always say to clients when you start working with me you're training until you're dead you may not be working with me but you'll be doing something in some sort of capacity yeah. now to the client who wants to drop fat quickly and or and get strong quickly whatever they want to do that's not actually appealing so we've got to find that short-term win as well haven't we which is sometimes yeah. a struggle for for coaches because we've got to find this quick win with this overarching goal that they need to be invested yeah. into which is tough anyway before we wrap this up mate um how can people contact you i know you obviously do a podcast as well you do everything yes <laughs> Yeah, yeah. everything except sleep except sleep so it's, where can people glamorous. find i want i want to hear where they can find you and i want to hear sort of the things you offer to help people as well because when i was on your link tree earlier i saw that you had a load of great resources that could help a lot of people and i'm all about that so far away uh, i think i think like most people in this day and age the 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 landing page for your for your um the, your online avatar is, is Instagram. I'm the Andrew.tracy on Instagram. Uh, yeah, there. I mean, I, I have the Bulldog Gear podcast, which I'm very fortunate. I get to speak to some incredible people there and have some great conversations just like this one, um, which really, does, you know, these conversations help me think things through and help mm. me understand, uh, you know, better understand my own thought processes. So the Bulldog Gear podcast, anyone fancies giving that a listen? Uh, I have like, I don't even know where we're at now, like an innumerable amount of online guides. They range from like free to a maximum of like 10 quid for 30 to 60 days of training for all different goals, for all different um, equipment kind of, uh, you know, uh, allowances. And that, that can all be fine. Like you say, just hit that link tree, you'll find everything you need. Um, I have an apparel company in earnest called, Ad called Adult PE where we just kind of make, I guess, fun, satirical training clothing. What's the vest you wear? This that, is bicep curls are not a crime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah perfect. Bicep curls are not a crime. Um, yeah, so I just, I honestly, mate, I just love this industry. I love this culture. I love Good. the opportunity for conversations like this. Yeah. I love building gym equipment. Um, I love writing 
for fitness making the, the like i'm just obsessed with this culture and, and my you know my only kind of thing my only kind of main goal is if i can leave it in even a slightly better state in any way than i found it then that's yeah. kind of mission accomplished for me so that's that's the daily goal is just where can we make things a little bit better yeah i definitely think that you are having quite a bigger uh, in, a bigger impact than you probably think guys he's got pdfs there that train you for like months for like under like under 10 quid fucking take advantage of that will you if you're unsure as well there's there's a couple on there that are, that are free there's some sandbag training guides and things like that that i put out during covid that will you know 30 days of training Mm. all progress plenty of progressive overload <laughs> plenty of plenty of stimulus yeah yeah exactly that yeah plenty of burpees um... <laughs> i'll edit that bit out no right <laughs> anyway andrew mate honestly thank you um for coming on it's given me a great insight into yourself and what you do and what, what's been going on uh past present and future so thank you dude yeah, thank you very much for having me, mate. It's massively appreciated. Hope to do it again sometime. Thank you.